Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's back from the future. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode 60 covering Classic Who Season 5, episodes 1 through 4, The Tomb of the Cybermen. This is the one where the doctor discovers cybersicles, the worst flavor of popsicle ever. <laughs> the doctor, Jamie, and Victoria land on a planet and meet an expedition trying to find the ancient tomb of the Cybermen. Inexplicably, the doctor agrees to help the expedition. After two people die, they decide to abandon the mission, but something strange is happening. The spaceship has been sabotaged, and Klieg insists on continuing the search. They find the Cybermen frozen in stasis, and Klieg thaws and wakes them so they can combine forces with the Brotherhood of Logicians. The Cybermen have different plans. They will alter the humans to make a new race of Cybermen that will rule the Earth. After some fighting and shooting and jiggery-pokery, the Doctor manages to reseal the tomb of the Cybermen, but not before just about everyone from the expedition dies. The end. This is uh, story number 37, so we, we did quite a jump there. I think the last time was story number two, wasn't it? <laughs> we've we've jumped ahead considerably. Uh, this originally aired September 2nd through 23rd in 1967. I think uh, in the last episode, I, may, I think I said something about maybe being in the 70s. I forgot where exactly we were. So 1967. We're not quite out of the 70s yet. Out uh, of the 70s? Huh? Out of the 70s? Out of the 60s. You said 70s. No. You know what I meant. So uh, this was uh, written by Kit Pedler and Jerry Davis and directed by Morris Berry. Um, no, no awards or anything like that uh, for this particular one. Now, uh, this go round, Jared has um, all kinds of stuff to say because this is a classic Who episode. So this is kind of mm -hmm. like his domain. Uh, so what we're going to do is uh, drop some of um, uh, a couple of different segments in where they go in the normal order, the, <clears throat> excuse me, order of the show, rather than doing the classic Who connection as a segment on its own. Uh, so we're going to let Jared take it away for the miscellaneous trivia. I got a couple of trivia facts for you for this episode. Uh, the serial was believed to be lost until 1991 when a Hong Kong television company found it in their archives. Um, this was a connect, a, a company was connected to the BBC and so they would play these episodes uh, in Hong Kong. They found it, and it was released on VHS in 1992. And in that year, it outsold both Silence of the Lambs and Aliens. So people were very excited when this came out and was available again. All right, so um, I don't know if you all have ever heard of Silence of the Lambs. You've heard of I've Aliens, heard right? I've heard of Silence no. of the Lambs. But... I have not heard of yeah. either of those. Silence of the Lambs was, was a critical a critical hit as well as a fan favorite. I mean, this is just like a massive movie and aliens is like right up there with like the Terminator franchise. Mm. I mean, this was like massive, massive movie. So for the VHS copies of this serial <laughs> to outsell the VHS copies of those two movies <laughs> is bananas. Pretty okay? impressive. It'd be like saying we found a new episode of Dr. Who that beat out end we're gonna, game. Yeah, we're going to release and it on DVD. Infinity War That's right. together. <laughs> yes, ex exactly, exactly. That. So, you know the combined total of those two? <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> so, a uh, lot of popularity, a uh, lot of fans interested in this this serial here. Clearly. 
Toberman, who you might remember as Cofton's assistant, uh, he was originally intended to be deaf. Hence the lack of his lines. He really didn't have much to say there. And uh, he was going to have uh, visible hearing aids, and that would be foreshadowing for his partial transformation into Cybermen. Uh, does that sound familiar at all, maybe from New Who? I don't know that that's a coincidence. Does that sound familiar at all with the Bluetooth earpieces in New Who and those people getting turned into Cybermen? I don't know that that's a coincidence. Y'all have seen that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, y'all are kind of looking at me. I was like, <laughs> no, he didn't just like spoil an episode. It wouldn't have been really like a spoiler or anything. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We saw that in, in Pete's world, what Pete's universe. Yeah. And ear pods or whatever. <laughs> or something like that. There was uh, some like yeah. rounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Just fed them jokes on Just making sure. This story was the start of labeling Cybermen episodes as the something of the Cybermen. So here we have the tombs of the Cybermen. I think all of the Cybermen episodes after this are the blank of the Cybermen. This st- that was also a thing with the Daleks. Yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed yeah. that. But in all of Classic Who, I, if I remember correctly, so the, the very first episode was just called The Daleks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But then every episode between that one and Dalek, which mm-hmm. was the new Who episode yeah. where they, they first showed up again, every other episode was called the the fill in the blank of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. So apparently they did the same thing with the, the Cybermen. Mm. Story was chosen as the story to represent the second Doctor in both the 40th and 50th anniversary celebrations of Doctor Who. Now, the 50th anniversary celebration, it was chosen in America to represent the second Doctor. I couldn't find what they chose uh, in in England if it was, in fact, different. So but it just was watch. BBC America chose that. And for the or 40th, it was a, a fan jacket. vote that chose it to represent the second Doctor. In fairness, there are a lot of second Doctors. Um, I wanted to say something. Um, maybe that's why they picked... If you didn't realize the picture for the season was from that episode. Oh, so maybe yeah. that's how they picked it. It's possible. Could have been. Could have been. Um, yeah, and I don't think I mentioned it on the show yet, but um, I, I decided to turn over choosing the Classic Who episodes, turning that over to Jared. I think you did mention that. I can't remember if I did or not. Yeah, so You at least so told us. I, a minute ago I said we chose a good one. Uh, actually, Jared <laughs> chose a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was all his doing, so well done. Stories that are missing, but it's still definitely a fan favorite. Uh, it was very well received at the start. Critics and fans alike ver- enjoyed the story. Uh, it has taken some criticism since. Obviously, there was some criticism then, but it's taken a little more cris- criticism since. But I'd say that's more uh, looking back. Some of the top things that people have said are that there's uh, sexism in the story. In 1960s sci-fi? <gasps> oh, my Whoa. gosh. There's some racism in the... In 1960s sci-fi? Story. Um, you know, those things, that's that's hard because you're looking back and judging it by standards of today. So that's hard for me to really take that. Uh, I mean, it's fair to say today, but it's hard for me to really take it as uh, saying, well, this wasn't as good of an episode as people say it was. Uh, but also there are things like, of course, the, the special effects today don't hold up, although they were uh, considered mm-hmm. to be pretty strong then, um, at, at least high level, uh, high budget special effects then. Um, but also the 
buzzing noise for the speech of the Cybermen that is that was panned uh, by some even back then and and today. I think that's a fair thing to even say today. And also, so uh, I think we've mentioned before about going back and watching some of these old shows, whether it's Doctor Who or the original mm-hmm. Star Trek or any of that kind of stuff, and saying, "Holy cow!" You know, look at the look at the that blatant. Looks so outdated. Yeah, like, well, not that? only the special effects, but the the first bit he was talking about there, like of the blatant sexism and racism and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And um, I do think it's funny because, uh, you know, my generation has you know has always kind of done that, where you look back at these episodes and you're like, "Holy cow! How did we ever put that on the air?" But now it's like that that timeline is shrinking. There, I've been seeing. Uh, articles uh, a couple months ago about people going back and rewatching Seinfeld, which was only in the nineties and going, Holy cow, that show's horrible. <laughs> like, and I haven't, I haven't gone back and rewatched it in a long, long time, but it's uh, it, it doesn't, you don't have to go back quite as far anymore to find stuff where you kind of cringe a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, going back to 1960s and saying, wait a minute, there was racism and sexism. Gasp, you know. So, so again, but I, I appreciate what Jared said that if you're looking at it today, you don't excuse it, but we we at least have to understand it. Yeah. Right. We at least we can look at it and we can say that's wrong, but I don't tend to fall in the camp of therefore we have to throw it all away and we should never mm-hmm. watch Doctor Who anymore and we should never talk about it. Um, just pretend it never happened, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. It was of its time. And Picard was, uh, Picard, uh, Kirk was a, was a chauvinistic jerk. And, uh, you know, plenty of people on other shows were, were just wildly racist and everything. Hmm. You seem to point out Kirk a lot when you're talking Uh about stuff from He kind of is. I mean, you know, he's a womanizer uh, at the very least, you know, in the, in season three for sure. Um, but there's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on, uh, you know, not just, and not just Kirk. I'll tell you this, mm-hmm. if you ever, if they ever land on another planet and there's a scientist on that planet, he will be the most sexist person on the episode. <laughs> it's just hands down, especially if he has a female assistant mm-hmm. on the planet with him. Uh, particularly if it's just the two of them on the whole planet, uh, it, it's going to be bad. So, uh, but I, I, I did appreciate Jared kind of pointing out there, like we don't, we're not excusing it now, but we are at least going to understand it. And have we talked before uh, on the podcast? I know we've talked about it, but I don't remember if it was on the show about the 12th doctor meeting the first doctor Uh, and just being like, yes, yes, yeah, we did. Because there was, there was a moment where like the first doctor basically told um, uh, the, the companion, the like modern day companion, basically said, why don't you go to the kitchen and make me a sandwich, you know, kind of thing. And oh, she's yeah. like, oh, and, and the 12th doctor's like, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. Like, you can't say things like, or not anymore. He just said, you can't say things like that. Like, just don't be that way. And it was funny that they're kind of poking fun at the first doctor being a little bit, a little bit quaint and old in his, in his, in his philosophy. Think of that. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, wait till you hear Jared in a little bit. Have you heard him say that when you were previewing? Okay. Yes. yes. It's fun stuff. So, uh, some of the story's structural issues or plot holes are uh, criticized. Um, but all in all, it's a very solid story uh, for Doctor Who, and it is uh, still today, it, it is a favorite of the second Doctor era. This was also the introduction of Cybermats and the Cyber Controller. Now, some of those Cybermats were radio-controlled, some were just wind-up toys like that uh, would scurry along the floor, and 
Some were just shoved into the scene for filming, which you can kind of see in the scene where they're all roving around the floor. You can kind of tell they they didn't really move around all that great. Um, according to what I found, uh, they the radio-controlled ones, they would actually chase around uh, Victoria or Deborah Watling off camera. They would chase her around with the radio-controlled ones. So maybe that acting of being the uh, helpless screaming woman was uh, not just her playing a Victorian woman. Maybe that was partly her reality. Anyway, um, speaking of off-camera stuff, so the at the start of the first, uh, towards the beginning of the first episode, Patrick Trofton and Fraser Hines came up with this idea that they would both go to reach for Victoria as uh, and to offer her hand, and they end up grabbing each other's hands. Uh, that wasn't part of the script. That wasn't from the director. They just came up with it on their own, and uh, they knew that they wouldn't really be able to do sec- a second take because that's just how they ran Doctor Who then. Did y'all catch that? Yes, mm-hmm. I did catch I that. I that. just... I assumed that it was a mess yeah. up. Yeah. No, um, I assumed that they were meant to do that. Oh no, I, I assumed that they that they got their blocking off and and messed up and just didn't have a chance to fix it. I think it's hilarious that there was actually a bit that they came up with. So um, that's that's a fun little tip. Didn't he like there. smack his hand away? Yeah, he kind of. like, yeah, get out. <laughs> I don't remember. Get away from me. You don't remember it? No. It was it was fairly early on, and I think it was in the first episode. And, uh, yeah, they, they're kind of both moving forward towards something, maybe one of the cybermats or something, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe just a door. And they both kind of reach out to their side and behind them for her hand, not realizing that as the two of them started moving forward, she just stayed still. <laughs> so they're like moving in closer towards each other. And so as they reach out, they end up with each other's hands and they look <laughs> down and they're like, ah, get off of me. Great. So they knew it would it would end up on the show. So that was kind of their little uh, ploy, uh, their little idea that that they added into the episode. There, <laughs> this story connects to uh, all the other Cybermen stories. It is it is canon of the the past of the Cybermen, um, and they actually reference some of the early Cybermen episodes in the story. Uh, the second Doctor mentions the Moon Base, which was a second Doctor story that's lost. Uh, but uh, that that was a Cybermen episode. And it also mentions the Tenth Planet, which was a first Doctor story uh, with the Cybermen. But as I said before, this is the first full surviving story we can watch for the Second Doctor, so it is the first Second Doctor Cybermen story. If you want to come back to tell us, you can with the Sixth Doctor in the serial Attack of the Cybermen. So I think that gives you a, a pretty good overview of the episode. It gives you some... Uh, some history uh, about it and some facts. Yeah. So um, uh, I I did think it was uh, interesting that they, they kind of the first conversation that the doctor had with the, with the cyber controller, they kind of recapped the history of the doctor with the Cybermen. Did y'all notice that Mm -hmm. they were like throwing out stuff and it, it, you didn't have to have seen the previous episodes Mm. to, to know you know, to be 
along for the conversation. It's not like you were lost, but if you had seen those episodes, I would imagine that they would be calling to mind a whole lot more. Yeah. So yeah. they said something about, you Ooh, know, I get that reference. That's from oh, yeah, yeah. the moon base or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that was, that, that was, I think the episode was actually called the moon base. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, the second doctor meeting the Cybermen for the first time. And oh. um, then he said something about, you know, you almost wiped us all out. And that was apparently when they, they met the first time. Um, so, um, and then, uh, oh, let's see. Did he say that the 10th planet was the first episode with the uh, Cybermen? I think so. I want to say that, that that was the first episode that the Cybermen were in was the 10th planet. And if memory serves, that is the first Doctor's final episode. Uh, yeah. The 10th planet. Which, which, of all things, believe it or not, is a lost serial. We don't oh. actually have... The episode where the first Doctor regenerates is currently lost. Oh. Um, we have video of the first Doctor regenerating, but the only reason that we have that is actually because uh, there was a show called um, Blue Peter that I think may have been like a kid's show or something, mm. and they they took a clip of that scene, just the regeneration of the first Doctor to the second Doctor. Uh-huh. They played it on an episode of Blue Peter, and that survived. So, yeah, right. Why'd they play what? it on Blue Peter? Again, I don't. I don't know what Blue Peter was. I don't know what the show was. <clears throat> but I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so maybe it was. Maybe it was like a talk show type of thing or something. I don't know where it made sense to. Hey, big news, guys! We have a new face of the Doctor. Let's show you why or something. I don't know. Huh. So they they played that spoilers. Yeah, right? they played that segment. And, or who knows, maybe it was something years later, you know, a retrospective looking back on it. I don't know. But because they played it on that show, that's why we have that in video. That's whereas so funny, everything else though. that we have. Yeah. Like, it, it's so they bizarre. got rid of the actual episode, but then we just get the ending because it was played on a different thing. Right. Yeah. Well, and you heard what Jared said. The only reason that we have this serial that we just watched was Comes because. From, like Hong Kong guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, because... A, a, I mean, how a, do you come across these things? Well, all right. So the way things would work back then was, you know, you they would film the episode and then they would make copies of the film and they would send them out all over the world. So whereas nowadays we would just email it, <laughs> not email, but, you know, we would... <laughs> Clearly yeah. not just... <laughs> Oops, I inserted the wrong link. Let me go ahead. Yeah, but no, you can, you can do, you know, data transfer over the internet. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, they do still send actual hard copies, um, you know, to some places, but for, for television, uh, they would literally send hard copies. They would send a 10 with the film in it, you know, a film reel. And that's how the local TV stations would play the show. And so Mm. because a, a station in Hong Kong had gotten this episode and had not destroyed it, then all of a sudden in, what did he say? 1994 or whatever. They found it, and here you go. And so this, again, every few years, you'll hear about something like this, where mm-hmm. you know a janitor cleaning out a TV studio in so-and-so will open up a door and go, oh, I wonder what this is, you know? And, oh, um, that's Doctor Who. Oh. Yeah. Right. Oh, it, that's a full season of this one <laughs> very lost thing that's, like, impossible to find. I was going to say, one of these days, they're going to find, like, the mother load. They're going to find, you know, some, some uh, you know... Uh, television 
person that, you know, had nothing to do with the actual running of the place, but like was a janitor or like, you know, in worked in the mail room. Was just, like, just to like siphoning them off into his own little personal yeah. collection. So they didn't feel like some them collector that like died without a will or something. <laughs> yes. And he's just going to have all of them. Just like, like he had all of the episodes of Doctor Who, just because he would watch through it, so he like right. kept all the old tapes. Yeah, like, and there's there's all around. kinds of bizarre things that have happened over the years where um, people have come across uh, audio recordings where someone literally held a microphone up to the TV speaker, you know, and that's all that survived is they, you know, somebody found that or something. So um, there's there's all kinds. It's of amazing how that survives, but the like. Why would someone hold up a microphone to the TV to have it recorded? They wanted a radio drama. Well, back then, that was the only way that you had of saving something. So, And, and that was only if you had uh, a reel-to-reel tape recorder and a microphone that you could record with. I mean, you guys just take for granted that you have infinite copies of mm-hmm. anything that you want. And, you know, you can pull a device out of your pocket in a, at a moment's notice and capture... Ah. High definition video and audio recording of what's happening oh. right in front of you. Uh, it, j- that kind of stuff. Even when I was a kid, we the best we could do was record on VHS if you had a VCR and knew how to operate it properly. Mm. You know, um, somewhere there I, we probably don't have it anymore. But for a long time, there was a stack of like three or four VHSs where I was recording uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> because it came on. Uh, while I was on the bus on the drive home. And so I would get home. It started at like 3.30 and I didn't get home till 3.45. So I would program the VCR to start recording at 3.30. Mm-hmm. And they would show two episodes back to back. And so when <clears> I would get home, I would, uh, you know, put up my stuff. I, w- I wouldn't watch the last 15 minutes. I would go like put away my stuff or get a snack or do whatever I was going to do. And then I would sit down at four o'clock and watch the four o'clock episode. Then I would pop in the tape of the one that played at three 30, rewind it and watch that. So you would watch them out of order. Uh, yeah, it didn't really matter as much back then. <laughs> <laughs> they it wasn't like, like, why would you do a story? There wasn't like ongoing stories. Kind of crazy person, aren't you? Yeah. Well, nowadays, you know, we all know I wouldn't do that. So, all right. So, um, that's it for our miscellaneous trivia. Um, no, nothing really of note for the cast section. We're going to cover, Jared covers a little bit about, uh, the, the two companions and the doctor covers them as characters and the actors that played them. Uh, so we're going to hold off on that instead of doing that in the cast section right now. I uh, do want to remind you guys that Noobs in the Whovian, as always, is brought to you by R5 Website Management. Now, we've talked in the past about R5 Website Management's hosting, domain registration, and all of those services, but we also provide website management. So if you are someone who's in need of content for your blog, your email newsletter, your website pages, R5 Website Management produces quality research content to communicate your company's vision and values without busting your company's bank account. So contact us at r5websitemanagement.com or message us at facebook.com slash r5websitemanagement to get started today. All right, so we're going to hit the, uh, the old checklist here. So uh, obviously our, our creature of the week our baddie of the week, which it's kind of kind of both this week. Right? It was a tinfoil cipherman. Uh, yes. <laughs> and also... It was people wrapped in silver-colored rubber. <clears throat> busting out of their saran wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Holding playing it in reverse, thing. somehow the saran wrap got 
put back over yeah, when know, they went just, back in. Yeah, Self-healing saran wrap. You Don't know, when you I climb that? through my window, it just heals back, you know. Because <laughs> you do that all the time? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. break through my window with Who my robotic hands. By the way, three-fingered hands. Corbin goes, are they yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Speaking of Ninja Turtles. Yes. Um, I, yeah, they don't. They they have five fingers nowadays, right? Uh, like the modern cyber. Yeah, they look more like humans in these things. Huh? I said they look more like humans in these things. Yeah, yeah which is weird because these definitely are just dudes in rubber suits. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they gave. And them then you have the cyber king that has like giant thing. Cyber on controller. His head. Cyber, cyber controller. controller. The giant thing on his head with like veins. Yeah. And so weird. To be a, you know what? It, that did remind me. Uh, let's see. We watched. We watched the next Doctor, right? The Christmas special, um, where the, the yeah, oh yeah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> I was pretty sure it's been a while because um, that's where we had the Cyber King, and it turned out the Cyber mm-hmm. King wasn't her. It was the it was the big ship Giant or whatever. Ship. But do y'all remember the Cyber Controller mm-hmm. in that episode? He had like the black stripe down the middle, and you could see his brain. Yeah. Oh yeah. This yeah. reminded me of that. Because Except less yeah, brain looking my, and more yeah. giant yeah. egg on my head looking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, instead of having the like the the characteristic Cyberman, you know, square like what I don't know, like, like bar coming out of their that goes up from their ears and then across the top of their head with a little thing For on the some top. Reason. Yeah, whatever. Um, instead of having that, his head was shaped like a bullet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or like Corbin like, said, what? like a veined egg. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trying that in one That's all I can imagine was that that was supposed to like be brain-ish material or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, one thing that I wasn't clear on, and uh, Jared, maybe you can uh, maybe you can send in uh, a, for the next episode, send in a little response bit because what I wasn't clear about was uh, the Cybermen as we know them are basically upgraded humans. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our understanding of, of Cybermen is they take a human, they rip their head out, or they rip their brain out of their head and stick it in a metal suit and erase all emotion. And and then they're, that's that's what a Cyberman is. But these seem to be something else. Like, yeah. Like, if I remember correctly, the first ones were these aliens that were living on a planet and they were trying to survive and they would just slowly... Like, yeah. take an arm off or a leg off. Right. And then replace it with metal until eventually. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, Cybermen. I do remember that description somewhere. So that's where I, I was I was not real sure about the Cybermen here. Are they that same idea? Because, you know, when they when they took Toberman and they said, you know, like prepare him, I thought, oh, okay, oh, here we he's go. He's gonna be turned into a Cyberman. Cyberman. Yeah. And but no, then that he's didn't got the happen. Cyberman arm. Like a, an arm. Okay, so... He, and then he just beats the crap like out of the said, leader Which, anyways. by the way, he got a Cyberman arm. Trip, you're right. Yeah, it's but, like Corbin said. They ripped their body parts off and replaced it with metal. Right. But, okay, was I the only one who didn't notice the arm for a really long time? Yeah, me too. I did not Like, when they first it. sat him up and they did the quick zoom in on his face with the <laughs> music... I was like, like there was oh nothing no, different. A human. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, there's absolutely they, nothing different. When they whipped the blanket off, I thought he was going to have been transformed, right? Ah. Or have like wires sticking out of his head, or his eyeballs were something. replaced, or something. But nothing. He sat up and he looked totally normal. And they're like, and then as he was walking around, yeah, he had like the cape or long sleeves or whatever. So you didn't really see that upgraded arm until way later on 
Yeah, and when even he was when he whacked me. the guy, I still didn't know. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, after that that I went, oh, wait a minute. It was like later on. He oh, was so down. that's why he was so much stronger and could pick the dude up. Yeah. Which, by the way. <laughs> that was that the was coolest amazing. thing. And did uh, anybody else see it? That the When he threw the guy <coughs> and he hit the thing, his face like exploded. Did yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. That? He totally broke the dummy. Yeah. So that was my, that was my favorite <laughs> bit. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. That was that one made me laugh. Because way harder, it was a reference. But I think what was even funnier was earlier on in the big battle when the Cyberman uh, picked the guy up and you could totally see like, like three seconds three. before the guy lifted up in the air, you could see the thing hanging onto his belt and the cable going up in the air. And then yeah, the Cyberman, you could like, see that when the people got shot. Yeah, oh, they yeah, had yeah. cables on them. But oh, I'm so like, the Cyberman barely touched him and and lifted him up in the air. Wow, look at me. <laughs> yeah, so great. But but yeah, I don't know what was funnier that or later on when Toberman picks up the <gasps> dummy Cyberman. Goes off they 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 struggle off screen, right? They struggle their way mm-hmm. off camera so that he could pick up the dummy one and then throws it across the room. That's so great. I know. So. I'm still a little confused cuz they're like prepare him like they're turning him into one of them and yeah. then he just goes over and beats the crap out of their controller like it's like, no big what? deal they they do the whole like um awesome 1967 uh special Shoot. effect of the wavy lines going from yeah. the cyber controller's head to toberman's head um, <laughs> so that like he's clearly controlling his mind and then, yeah, all that all that has to happen is the doctor the has doctor to say, is, "Boy, he's kind of evil, ain't he?" <laughs> Boy, Cyberman, wow, am I right, guys? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to be like, "Hey, this is wrong. They're evil," and he's like, "Wow, oh, evil!" Just you know, like smash evil, Toberman, smash evil. And like yeah, he totally was back in their life wow. crisis or something. He's just like, "Now I see the meaning of it all." Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, oh, I've never seen the world so clearly before, Doctor. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so and then he just goes, says evil, evil beats. Yeah, that was the rest of his lines for the evil. entirety of the episode was just saying the word evil and then smashing things. <laughs> so I, I did think it was uh, very interesting that um, that we, we, we get like hints of, you know, so they're going to upgrade a human, but then they kind of don't. Um, they can control his mind, but then they kind of don't. And so it's, it's just very, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not, not quite all there, but you can see the beginnings of what the Cybermen, I guess, I guess become later. So, uh, let's see, we did have some, uh, jibberty jabberty. Corbin, did you want to, did you want to hit that first one there? Um, if you take any progressive series, it can be converted into binary notation. If you take the sum of the integrants and Which express- isn't a word. Okay. <laughs> you cut yeah, me off. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Now I have to start all over. <laughs> you take the sum of the integrants and express the result as a power series, then, then the indices show the basic binary blocks, but I wouldn't do that. Uh, thank you, Doctor. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. for explaining it all. So uh, they- at least he wasn't like, bet you didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Integrant. Noun. A component. So okay. it is a word. <laughs> Dad, you were wrong. I was wrong. Uh, you you were the one who said that during the episode, though. I thought he was supposed to. I thought he was trying to say integers. Yeah, and and said the wrong. Should just have yeah. a Hartnell flub um, without being Hartnell. Excuse me. Right, right. That's not allowed. Uh, then we also had mention of when the northern hemisphere is tangential. Uh, I looked 
that up. It's, uh, I don't really know, tangent lines. I know what a tangent means. A tangent is a line that intersects with a circle in only one point. So it's tangential. But you have to be tangential to something. It's like saying parallel. Well, you're parallel to what? (laughs) It'd be like saying when the northern hemisphere is perpendicular. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To what? Uh, Everything. (laughs) Wait. The universe. (laughs) Wait, that's not how that works. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then we had mention of a Boolean function of symbolic logic. A lot of talk here in this episode about logic. Also, I love, oh, logic. It's got to be hard to get in. So they make one logic system to control all the computers (laughs) and every... He went to a different interface and could still flip, 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 and he knew what he was doing. I also don't get and maybe maybe logic meant something different in in technology in the 60s but they said first of all they said symbolic logic as though that means something so i don't know if that is jibberty jabberty itself it's not like a religion just <laughs> <laughs> well no but then like they say symbolic logic and then therefore that means we have to flip these switches so okay. i'm not flip, flip. Oh, i'm okay. not following what, Wait. What that means Let's there. see. Um, Let's do this. Complicated progress. Okay, first flip both of the ones on the ends. And flip both of the ones next to those. Bam, you're done. The door is open. Wow. Right. That was the other thing. Was, it was it's like it making was your password 1212. Two, two. Right. <laughs> it's like, who does that? It's not as easy as 1234. <laughs> yeah, it's throwing them off halfway through. Yeah. Ah. But it was interesting that like they talked about how difficult that should make things. But then... Every person on the expedition at some point flipped a switch and opened up that stinking hatch. Wow. It was like, oh, it's symbolic logic. So I'm just going to turn this one Wasn't switch. Wasn't it Victoria? Ha. She's like, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Bloop door opens. Ha. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Ha. I remember. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see. Jiggery pokery. We had, um, okay, this wasn't jiggery pokery, but uh, just under the heading of the TARDIS. Uh, what the heck happened to the TARDIS? Uh-huh. Uh, we only got to see it at the very beginning of the episode. But when we saw it, um, it looked to me like it should have been sitting next to a pineapple under the sea. Uh, it was. It looked like it had sat at, next to a coral reef for about 30 years. Is that, I mean, right? Wait. Maybe it did. The ninth doctor was on the Titanic. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the TARDIS looked horrible. So I don't know, I don't know so if that was... This episode, if that's what the second Doctor's TARDIS always looked like, oh, for that, that matter, would be annoying. yeah, for that matter, I don't know if the TARDIS looked different from one Doctor to the next at this point. I know later on that kind of becomes a thing. Like every time you get a new Doctor, you get a new control room, you get I a new mean, Sonic. It seems you get similar, new, but uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Is like I can't tell if this is supposed to be the same TARDIS, the same police box, and it's just been beaten up during the adventures, or. Is this the look? Is this the what they were going for? I hope I don't know. not. So again, Jared, uh, we we need to know. All right. So uh, let's see other stuff we noticed. Uh, oh, Corbin, did you want to talk about the uh, the top section there? Um. So we were just starting the episode and we're watching. It's got the same sort of effects as the last season with the intro. Similar. Yeah, similar. Yeah. And then suddenly you see like five <laughs> eyes appear <laughs> and there's all this warp stuff. <laughs> it's just. The second doctor's staring face. He's so weird. Gazing man. at him. <laughs> and he had this look on his face. It was like... Indescribable oh. by human words. This, <laughs> this <laughs> kind of... It's like a smirk 
with disappointment? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Um, mm. Corbin goes, I definitely know what needs to be the featured image on the blog post for this yes. episode. So, uh, we always, if you're not checking out noobsinthehoovian.com, we always have a screen grab from the episode to be like the featured image for that blog post uh, where you can, where you can also, you can see the show notes and then you can also play the episode right there. Um, and so Corbin goes, I know what needs to be the one for this. <laughs> so uh, absolutely. I was in hundred percent agreement there. And, and I did mention that the doctor's face in the opening kind of becomes a thing. So I've seen some of the openings for other doctors and the one, I think it's Tom Baker. Uh, oh my gosh, man. First of all, it's like very, 70s psychedelic like colors radiating out from his head and everything but they so like this one was like a head and shoulders shot of the doctor Mm -hmm. the one for tom baker they like cropped his head out so it's just like it's not it's not like a a portrait photo of him it is his floating head and he has some wild hair and they cropped the wild hair out to, you know, like it's just his, it's bizarre. Wait, so, um, we'll, we'll, we have what, that. To what look is going to. on in this picture? Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Oh, Corbin, was this your note as well about the Cybermen? <laughs> I think, I, think I, lo- I love the line. As you know, the Cybermen died out thousands of years ago, which is why are the, which is why they are the second most recurring enemies <laughs> in Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. As soon as they said, oh, the Cybermen who died out thousands of years ago. Corbin as was you like, know. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, because yeah. Mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. Just like every time you killed off the Daleks. Um, you know what? We talked about this. Um, that, you know what? That, that brings us into our next segment here, Who's Who. Um, so the first one there is Who are the Cybermen? Um, we've kind of talked about them a little bit. But we were talking about how – let's see. We were, we were at Chick-fil-A last night. And we kind of started mm-hmm. talking about this. What did I end up saying? Was, uh, oh, I said Skynet. Yeah, I said the Cybermen are Skynet. And what I meant by that was as the movies, as the Terminator movies go on, and if you ever watch the uh, um, the uh, Sarah, Connor, Sarah Connor Chronicles, the most difficultly named TV show in history, um, that was a, a show based in the Terminator universe. Skynet and Judgment Day are inevitable. Like they're going to happen. Even if you change the future, all you do is you change when Skynet becomes uh, self-aware or who invents Skynet or like no matter what you do, all you ever do is change the circumstances. Skynet is always going to happen. And therefore judgment day when all the nukes drop is always going to happen. And my parallel to that is the Cybermen are just like always going to happen. Yeah, that so, is so mm-hmm. true. So the the like, Daleks, even in an alternate universe, exactly, they still and they they're always going to look exactly the same. Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, they always have like every time they bring the Cybermen back, there's always like a small tweak, uh, you know, a little bit of a change in their look or style. But it's always the same basic thing, you know, the metal robots. Yeah, well, yeah. With the same head thing. Yeah, the bar, the bar, square bar thing going up is like the sig- signature element there but kind of a weird signature look to yeah to you just honest. add some bars to my head yeah one I'm of a those dudes with the bar on their head so let's be a that we've already compared them to the daleks and the the daleks we make fun of because every time you kill the last dalek <clears> like you go hiding somewhere 
Don't worry, we yeah, killed the last with a thousand of them. Yeah, there's there's like a billion of them behind a moon <laughs> that you forgot to look behind. Or there's one surviving one left in a bunker in, you know, the 1950s or whatever that was. Um, there's always like... They're more like hiding <clears throat> in the crevices between the universes. <laughs> like, right, right. What? But inevitably what it is is there were Daleks we didn't know about. Right? Mm-hmm. The Cybermen... You can destroy them. That's fine. Because they come back. They're because just made again. Right, yeah. Um, they they like evolve again. Like it's gonna happen. So like like Trip was alluding to, they happen in Pete's universe, right? What's this human body? I don't need this anymore. I can be a Cyberman. What's right. the point? And, and in Pete's universe, they ev- they evolve spontaneously on Earth. Mm-hmm. Remember, they didn't invade Earth. In Pete's universe, right? Cybus Industries, was that? They were just there. Well, no, it's because Cybus Industries created them, right? So they have their kind of their own Davros. this will be a good idea. Yeah. So um, that was something that I thought was, uh, it just kind of dawned on me about the Cybermen is that they they seem to be inevitable. Um, Yeah. Whether it's, you know, uh, like you said, they, they... they evolved in another universe, and then we find them falling through a crack in the void or whatever, and ending up in what was it, the eighteen fifties? Yeah, with with the next Doctor. By the way, with a jail filled with like millions of Daleks inside of it or whatever, it's like, oh, how highly convenient that you found ah. that lying of around, course. right? Ah. Yeah. So, um, so at any rate, uh, that that brings us on to who is Jamie, uh, who is Victoria. And who is the doctor? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and play Jared's segment here. He's going to talk a little bit about all three of those. And then uh, we'll kind of chime in with, uh, we've got some notes ourselves about the doctor. So let's hear what Jared had to say. Uh, I want to give you a little backstory on the, uh, the companions and the doctor here leading up to this. Let's start with Victoria. Deborah Watling played Victoria from 1967 to 1968. She also reprised the character uh, later on in Classic Who in the 1993 episode Dimensions in Time and also the 1995 episode Downtime. Coincidentally, Victoria was a Victorian woman. Uh, she came from the mid-1800s and the Doctor's story and her and her father's story intersected in the episode The Evil of the Daleks. If you didn't watch Classic Who in the mid-1900s, then you may never have seen The Evil of the Daleks. I've never seen The Evil of the Daleks because it's lost. Uh, in fact, we'll talk about that later. Many of the Second Doctor's uh, stories are lost. But we do know what happened in that story. Victoria's father was a scientist in the mid-1800s, and he was experimenting with time travel. That attracted the attention of the Daleks. The Daleks kidnapped Victoria in order to force her father to help them capture the Doctor. And in the end of that story, her father sacrifices himself to save the doctor, so the doctor promises to look after her. So that's why at the beginning of this story, The Tomb of the Cybermen, we see that she needs to change from her Victorian clothes into more modern, well, modern for late 1960s uh, clothes. Uh, but uh, old Jamie boy didn't need to change out of his kilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just curious. This is her first episode as a companion, so this one's really easy for us to jump into for her. Not quite so much for Jamie. Uh, Jamie was with the Doctor 
right from his second story, with the second doctor from his second story. Uh, Fraser Hines played Jamie McCrimmon, uh, a Scottish man, uh, from 1966 to 1969. He also got to reprise his role, uh, in the, in the story, The Five Doctors, that was in 1983, and also the 1985 story, The Two Doctors. So basically, when they were bringing back, uh, the second doctor for, uh, later stories, they also brought back Jamie with him. Jamie was with the second doctor for all but his first, uh, story. So he was with him for a long, long time. In fact, he's one of the longest lasting companions and a fan favorite of many. He's, he's, if you see lists of the top classic who companions, he's up there usually at the top, uh, maybe top five. Say. I, I think that's amazing that, uh, so you have, um, something that was different about, you know, the first doctor's regeneration was that it did not happen as like a season finale. Mm-hmm. Mm. And if I remember correctly, it kind of happened in the middle of a serial. Like it wasn't even the end of a serial. And so the second doctor like finishes up that adventure, finishes up that season, uh, which maybe was only a couple more episodes, uh, but it it wasn't like a season finale. And so um, the next serial is when he meets Jamie. And so then, then he carries him all the way through. He's with the second doctor the whole time. And so, so far, <clears throat> uh, we haven't seen anything even approaching that. Um, you know, think about, you know, Rose, <laughs> Rose was not around at the doctor's, you know, beginning because we don't see the beginning of, of the ninth doctor. Uh, so he's hanging out doing some stuff, then shows up. And then he, she is with the 10th doctor for one season. And then Martha is with him for one season. And then Donna is with him for one season. So it's kind of like, <laughs> they're all holy. sad. Jamie beating them all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Um, so that'll, that'll change a little bit, but, uh, but even still, we haven't had a companion that was with a doctor uh, in new who um, for, for that amount of time. I don't know that there, I don't know that there's any other doctor that had a companion for almost their entire regeneration period. Um, just one adventure without Jamie. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, so Jamie came to be with the doctor in the second doctor's second story, the Highlanders also missing. Uh, so I've never seen it, but, uh, apparently in this story, uh, Jamie is about to be hanged in the 1800s in Scotland, not for crimes, but because he and others were being persecuted and he escaped from that hanging and he was encouraged to run into the TARDIS by Ben and Polly. Those were the second doctor's other companions at this time. So they were companions that came from the first doctor and came through the regeneration. Victoria did go on to act in other roles. Uh, nothing that's, uh, really stands out all that major. Lots of, lots of stuff on TV and a couple of movies. But Fraser Hines, he's really had a long career as an actor in film and TV. He was in his first film, a Charlie Chaplin film called A King in New York. At the age of 13, and by the age of 16, he had acted in six films. And after Doctor Who, he went on uh, to play various roles in TV and other films, but then landed a soap opera, and all through the 1980s and even into 1990s, he was on a soap opera, a British soap opera called Emmerdale Farm. 
All right, let's talk about the second doctor. This is actually the second story that's currently available on BritBox, at least, for the second doctor. Uh, so if you're watching only on BritBox, as I have, uh, you jump from his regeneration, which is animated. We only have the audio uh, for that story, and you have animated stills to tell the story uh, throughout. So you jump from his regeneration to this one. All right, so we there are some other episodes available uh, that are not complete. So BritBox does not show anything that's not complete. Uh, but you can find, like, the moon base, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, that's out there where there's two uh, of the four episodes, there's two uh, actual filmed original episodes and two animated episodes. Now, these are fully animated, apparently. I haven't seen it. You've got to buy it on DVD. And you can find that on Amazon if you're interested. It's like uh, 10, 12 bucks. It's really not too bad. Um, and there might be some compilations you get that episode on, too. Uh, but uh, if you go to Amazon to buy it, be sure to use the Noobs and the Whovian affiliate link. All right. So, uh, Trippy, you were kind of making some faces there. I just wanted to clarify that uh, remember the second Doctor, his, uh, his entire first season, we don't have. Corbin, remind me, we don't have a single serial that's fully intact, right? I don't think so. Yeah. It's so, all, like, completely missing or partially missing. And the way BritBox does their stuff, and I, and I understand why they would do this, they don't include any serials unless you have them fully intact. So if you've got, like, two episodes out of four, they're not going to include it. And it's, like, the first and the third, it just doesn't make sense to have those on there. Because it's just right. not... Yeah, even if you only had the first and the second, you know, then you you still don't get you half the story. Get to know so what yeah, it's either. it's you know it can be a little bit frustrating. But that's not BritBox. That's just the fact that you know so many of them are gone. Mm. Um, I'm still curious as to why the second Doctor's first season was hit so hard um, and not having you know the yeah. anything intact. I mean, like yeah. it seems like that was the year they were like, all right, throw it all out. You know, like, get rid of it. <laughs> Um, so, so that's what's going on there, and uh, and we will include the um, uh, some links down there uh, to to help you find those. But um, it it really is a shame that uh, if 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 you're watching it on BritBox, you can do a couple of the animated ones, but then yeah, you're gonna miss the entire first season. Mm. I, I mean, regardless of what you're watching it on, <laughs> there mm -hmm. there's nothing from yeah. the first season that's completely intact. So. <laughs> Uh, the best we have at this point is audio recordings. And the last I heard, they're working on animating some more of that season. So uh, so that uh, you can be supporting the show while you're getting it. But back to the second Doctor. So if you're only watching from Breakbox, you jump from his regeneration to this story. And the good news, though, is that the second Doctor really has hit his stride by this story. He's really made the part his own. He has a strong identity and he's got a good rapport with his companions. Well, at least Jamie at this point. He's just getting to know Victoria. But you can really start to see in this story some of the swagger of the Doctor that we really see today. He's brought this not so much arrogance as confidence to the Doctor, uh, different from the, the first Doctor. The first Doctor comes across, for the most part, as arrogant, especially at the start, especially what uh, if you're following the noobs and the Whovian, what you've seen so far, um, that uh, that hmm, as the Whovian pointed out uh, of the first Doctor, his kind of catchphrase. Um, well, now we see more of I would call it confidence and swagger, 
And it's not necessarily looking down. He just, he really knows, uh, he's been around long enough to really know his stuff. Incidentally, he mentions that he's 450 some years old, I think, which of course is different from the first doctor who mentions that he's 900 years old, which of course gives credence more to the theory that I kind of take. The doctor's been around so long, he really doesn't know how old he is anymore. So this doctor also brings a much lighter side to the doctor. He's, he, he's fun. He, uh, he jokes. He, he laughs. He, he plays around with his companions. When he regenerated, uh, pretty soon you start to see him play, pull out a recorder and play it. He's into music and playing this little flute, this recorder, really uh, at times. Uh, we don't see that in the story, of course, but that's an iconic thing for the second doctor. Another iconic thing is his bow tie, which, uh, when we get to Matt Smith, you'll see a reprise in the costume. Not the same type of bow tie, but uh, uh, we kind of we see the Doctor going back to bow ties. And that is not just a coincidence there. Um, so a lot of later actors who have played the Doctor have, t- have drawn inspiration from the second Doctor's role. And we can really start to see this in this uh, story, even though it's somewhat early on in uh, in his in this doctor's career still. So um, also we see in the story, we see the doctor's choice not to use a gun. Remember, there was the Cyberman's gun lying there and he mm-hmm. said, no, I don't need it when he went down to face uh, the Cyberman uh, in the lower part of the tomb once again. So one last thing I want to add about the second doctor. Uh, he does have a sonic screwdriver. It has been seen, if I've got the timeline right, it has been seen by now. Uh, the only time, the only episode on BritBox where you can see it is The War Games. It's his last story before regeneration. Uh, that, it's the one time I think you can actually see it in action. Uh, we didn't do that story here, so we don't see it in this, in this story, of course. Um, but the second Doctor, that's where the sonic screwdriver comes, comes into the storyline. Just to sum up, the second Doctor is really given credit for solidifying the role. If you recall, the show was not on firm footing when the, the when the regeneration happened from one to two. Uh, they weren't really sure how much farther they were going to take it, how long it was going to continue. Uh, you had a you had a star who was uh, ill and not able to play the part properly. Patrick Trofton really did a good job of securing. Uh, putting Doctor Who in a, in a better position of, of securing its longevity. Still two to three, uh, going from Doctor number two to Doctor number three, there was still question of, are we still going to continue this? Is, has it about run its course? So it wasn't super solid even then until basically going from three to four. Uh, but still, this was a really good... Um, but this time was... Uh, but the second Doctor really helped... Uh, solidify that, yes, we can keep this going, and yes, it's got a good enough audience. So one thing I'm curious about, <clears throat> Jared, I'm just giving you all kinds of homework. Uh, huh. When when did they decide that this was going to continue to be a thing? Because you heard him say, you know, the show was really shaky when they decided to roll the dice on this whole regeneration mm-hmm. thing. And I don't even know if they called it regeneration at the time. I think that term came about later. So you have they called it cheating as well. <laughs> so you have, you know, William Hartnell can't can't continue, can't go on. They've already gone through a shakeup because before 
uh, Hartnell left. You had Susan leaving. And then you had Ian and Barbara leaving. So they, they're gone. Um, and actually the, um, the episode that we watched last time was, uh, was um, the Daleks. And, and remember, I kept referencing Invasion of the Daleks. If memory serves me correctly, that's when Susan left. And then mm. later on, Ian and Barbara leave. And he meets these other two companions that, that Jared referenced there. I don't remember their names now. Um, so you've already had... Uh, you know, a major shakeup in the, in the, uh, cast. Now you're changing out the main character mm, and this yeah. has not been done before. Mm-hmm. And so when they did this thing, um, the doctor basically, I, I can't really remember cause again, it doesn't really exist, but I mean, like basically he just gets worn out, just like falls down dead mm-hmm. and then what? regenerates and changes his face. And now here's oh, this man, other guy. I'm tired. Uh, oh yeah. man, my face is different. Yeah, it's kind of like he died huh? of old age. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I've got it completely wrong, but that's that's my understanding. Was like he just kind of got worn out, and so they they swap him out for this new actor. I wonder what the thought was at the time. Like, did they think we'll do this and we'll bring in a younger actor and we'll be good, or did they think from the beginning this is a way that we can make this show go forever? And I can't imagine that that's what they were thinking. No. Surely I not. mean, they had to just be thinking, how do we go one more year, right? How do we go to the next season? And so they got there. And then, as he said, going from two to three is kind of what really solidified the show. Mm. And I wonder at what point did they realize we can do this forever. And for that matter... Was it ever, was there ever a conversation that happened or was it just kind of, Oh, this gets, is a thing we can do. Right. Now. Yeah. You get five doctors down the road and go, I wonder who the sixth doctor will be. And you never really think about it. It's just the way things are now. You know, mm-hmm. we were introduced by the time all three of us came to Dr. Who. There's like 12 of them already. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was uh, 11 was on the air when I first started watching. Uh, but I was familiar with the concept of like, regeneration. Is this James Bond? What is happening? <laughs> right, and that's that's another parallel. There is that you can do James Bond forever. Um, oh, by the way, <laughs> total side note: mm-hmm. I saw a headline that was a little bit misleading. Right, it said the next 007 will be a woman, and so and of course there is immediate outrage. But apparently, what they're doing is she's not going to be. Jane Bond, it's hmm. going to be that 007 is a title, and so she's going to be the new 007. She's not the new James oh. Bond. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. actually been a theory that James Bond is just a code name a code for name. a while. So right, huh. right. They're basically confirming that. Then... Well, they're well, except not because apparently this would this would actually put the death knell in that because this would say if if you know whatever her character's name is shows up and now she's the new 007. That would kind of prove that all the other James Bonds were one, one guy because his name was always James Bond. You know? Unless mm-hmm. James Bond is just such a generic name. <laughs> <laughs> we, every time we meet a guy named James Bond, we have to put him in MI6. Um, yeah. So at any rate, so that's happening. But I do wonder, um, you know, same thing with James Bond, you know, when they, when they switched actors, um, which, by the way, that went horribly. 
apparently. The, the, the second guy to play James Bond, it was so bad that um, Sean Connery actually came back and did another one. <laughs> and basically, yeah. from what I understand, basically saved the franchise. <laughs> and then, you know, then they went on and did other stuff. But um, at what point did the, did the staff and the, and the, you know, the producers or the writers and the whoever go, oh, this can happen forever. Uh, this show can go forever. You know what we do? We make no rules, including a cap on how many lives the doctor has. <laughs> oh, that would be a terrible idea. We'll never do that. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> never do that one. So uh, so at any rate, um, extra notes that we had for um, for the doctor. Uh, let's see. Oh, he, he says that he has a special technique of keeping his eyes open and his mouth shut. Does that sound like the doctor uh, we know? <laughs> keeping no. his mouth shut? I mean... Occasionally, maybe. I mean, he was kind of but trying no. to like pick at the other guy, saying, "Oh, you talk too much." But uh, right, right, he was right. saying, "Shut I mean, up." Even in this episode, there were times where he was not keeping his mouth shut. So, uh-huh. anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Corbin, was this your note? The next one here. Uh oh, yeah. I think we already mentioned this, but just he had all that jibberty jabberty earlier, where he's explaining how the logic or whatever works. Meanwhile, the doctor would have been like, it's basic binary. Bet you didn't think of that. Mm. You mean, the first doctor. Mm. Yes, yeah. the first yeah. doctor. So the second doctor doesn't rub his nose in it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Um, oh, I love this line. Uh, he says, it's a cybermat. And someone says, what's a cybermat? And he says, one of those. <laughs> Clearly. That's <laughs> great. Who was it? It was Victoria they said to, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, there's a conversation he has, I think, with Victoria, again, um, where she says, uh, do you remember your family? And he says that uh, basically he only remembers his family when he actively chooses to do so. And I thought that was... Um, yeah, doctor. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> also kind of cruel. He's like, oh, you'll forget him eventually. You'll just remember him when you want to. I was like, dang. I think the doctor has always been a little bit callous when he, when he wants to do Meh, just forget about him. Yep, and uh, he likes a good pun. He says that the Cybermat has had a complete metal breakdown, <laughs> to which Jamie goes, ah! <laughs> Me and Jamie Doctor. died at the same time. Yeah, apparently. So, uh, Let's see. Um, so that was, I think that was all the stuff that we had on, on you know, who's who and whatnot. So just a reminder, guys, the Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like you. If you find value in what we do and want to give a little bit of value back, that's all that we're asking for, go to patreon.com slash whovian. And you can become a supporting patron of family-friendly, independent media today. Independent. I, I almost got through it. I almost got there. Trouble uh, let's never stop bugging <laughs> you for saying independent. It was, you know, yeah, what? Granny. that's fine. If that's our signature thing, <laughs> so, what did you say? You yeah, said, yeah, granny. granny. Why is that granny? <laughs> no, because you're... we just like to mess with you. You are granny. <laughs> Why am I granny? Because <laughs> you had to get lifted up at the chiropractor and you said. <laughs> All right, make a note, Corbin. We're cutting this part out of the show. What? No. All right, moving right along. What part? I know uh, no part. Let's hear Jared's overall impressions. Obviously, it's harder to rate these episodes. You have to try and put yourself into 1960s TV. I think this came across as pretty big budget. I don't know what their budget was. I don't know if it was bigger budget. If they, uh, like in the first season of New Who, they blew everything they blew half their budget on one episode on the special effects, something like that. I don't know if this something like that happened in this one, but you really felt immersed in the tomb. Um, they even modeled the tomb after Tutankhamun or King Tut 
after his tomb. Uh, they, they even went so far as to research that and, and model it after King Tut's tomb. Uh, so they, I, I think they really went far and really did a good job with this, uh, with this story. Uh, yeah, there are plot holes. Yeah, the buzzing does get really annoying and, uh, the, the, the American. By the way, we didn't mention this, uh, earlier, but we had, we very frequently put on the closed captioning, uh, for classic Who episodes because it's just harder to understand them sometimes. Yeah. I am so glad we did for this one because I couldn't understand yes. the cyber controller ever. There was one like, point where ah, I swear, yeah. I swear, one of them was speaking, and at the end of a sentence, he said something about extinct. Like, we will make you... <laughs> what are you doing? Like, have I just gone deaf from listening like, to this? What? what the heck was that? What did he just say? Extinct. Have I just gone deaf from listening to this? What is... <laughs> Excuse me, what just happened? American uh, spaceship captain sounds like he took accent training, American accent training from the John Wayne School of American Accents. But uh, overall, this is, to me, a fun story. It's uh, got a really great, some really great cliffhangers. I just, I love, I loved watching this and <laughs> watching the, the second Doctor. I just, I just thought he was, brought so much to the role, and you could see it in this episode. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 Tomb Raiding Doctors. And as far as a creep level... Uh, I thought this had its creepy moments, even though it's dated, even though the the effects are are very dated by today's standards, and the Cybermen look like they're wearing hardened ski masks at times. <laughs> uh, I I thought they did a good good job of uh, making this creepy. In fact, it was so uh, violent and creepy that uh, there were some parents who uh, back in the '60s who uh, complained about the episode. So I'm going to give it uh, a 275. Hey, thanks, guys, for uh, including a Classic Who episode and exploring the second Doctor. Thanks to Wikipedia and the TARDIS Wikia for some help with the research. And as we get back into uh, the 10th Doctor, I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections next time. All right, so uh, let's see. Overall impressions, he gave it, uh, was it 8? Did I hear that right? Yeah, eight eight tomb raiding doctors. All right, hmm. Corbin, what do you got? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a good episode, if not outdated with special effects mm-hmm. and whatnot. Sure. Like if they were to redo it today, do, I do would it like Jared did. Do, imagine we're in 1967. Yes. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> 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 ten out of ten. Um, so I normally base it off the story, and I thought it was a a pretty good story. It's not my favorite. I'm just going to say this is 7 out of 10 amazing kilts. <laughs> nice. Nice. There was a moment there where he was climbing up to to the hatch, and I was like, whoa, hold on there, buddy. Like, keep, <laughs> keep that kilt down. Family-friendly show here. Mm-hmm. All right, Trip, what do you got? Um, I think I'm going to agree with Corbin. Uh, 7 out of 10 saran wraps. <laughs> <laughs> saran wrap uh, honeycombs, or whatever they called it. Yeah. They kept calling it. Um, yeah, I'll... I'll um, I will give it uh, seven deaf Tobermans. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, I, I always try and remember what it was, you know, what I would have thought if I was watching this then, you know. So um, some of the story elements were a little bit, I don't know, like you could see them coming, you know, like, yeah. oh, the Cybermen are going to turn on them. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh my wow. goodness. Who could have seen that coming? Um, but wow. some of that is, you know, we always have to remember that when we're watching this older stuff, 
um, like trip you, it's you like even mentioned it one time. Stereotyping before stereotyping was a thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't you can't call it a trope if it's the thing that the tropes are based on. You I know, mean, so yeah. it is kind of you know you got to keep that in mind. So seven out of t- seven out of ten deaf Tobermans. I will give it um, creep level. Well, I'm gonna, let's see. You always rate it based on what Braden would say. And Brayden watched it. Brayden watched it. So maybe was, we should go ask what he thinks. Uh, well, no, we ain't got time for all that. But <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna give it uh, 150, um, and probably 125 of that is the jump scare of the uh, Cyberman, fake Cyberman sliding out of the wall, because uh, <laughs> oh, that made me go, uh, for a half a second, and then it's it made me like, laugh. hello. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy oh. gets shot in the back there like, hey, it's a real Cyberman. Yeah, and then yeah, it just exactly. disappears. And nobody realized that the Cyberman was in front of him, and he got shot in the back. And then Except the doctor, because apparently the doctor smart. he's the only smart wow. one. Apparently. So, Corbin, what's your creep level? Um, There was the jump scare. Yeah. I mean, nothing was particularly Meh. creepy or scary. It was just an episode, but I'm still going to give this probably a 115. Okay. All right. Uh, Jared Jared gave it 275. Trip, what do you got? Um, I say there was no scary animals to this that I can remember. There was literally nothing scary about this, so 25. 25? <laughs> so you mean you weren't terrified and shaking in your boots when they took a full five minutes to break out of the saran wrap and walk down the ladders? <laughs> That was so you mean long. you weren't terrified when they were being surrounded by the Cybermats? That, that, was, <laughs> that could uh, barely... <laughs> the Cybermats, two of which could move. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Let's go Scary. out the front door. One Cybermat, run for the hills. <laughs> oh, no. All right, guys, that brings us to our uh, listener input section here. So we did have a new listener named Thomas who emailed in presumably from the UK. He said he's British. And he likes to hear Americans' uh, thoughts on on Doctor Who. So I'm I'm assuming that he is a Brit living in the UK, not a Brit living in the US. But I, I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. Um, and he asked me a couple of questions. We actually emailed back several times. Uh, from what I could gather, he found us by uh, literally just Googling Doctor Who podcasts. So that's awesome. That means we're doing something right. And then uh, downloaded an episode, liked it, and then just kind of downloaded everything and started listening through um, as, as fast as he could at double speed, he told me, which is how I listen to all my podcasts. I yeah, say with me. Five speeds. Whoa. Wow. Superior to you. Well, I did three times speed yesterday, so ha. Good for you. And didn't understand a word. Anyways, I he asked if we were planning on discussing now. So he was early days listening to us when he emailed in. Are you planning on discussing the spinoffs Torchwood, the Sarah Jane Adventures, and Class? And I emailed him back and I was like, Torchwood, definitely not. SJA, maybe, maybe but in like five years, <laughs> yeah. catch yeah. up. And, and then, then I was like, all of and then I go, class. What's that? I don't even know what that is. So I had to Google that. So class was another spinoff uh, that was like teenagers, and it was um, it's based in um, in in a in a school. Oh gosh, now I can't even remember because I looked it up like a week ago. Um, but at any rate, it was it was teenagers living in the Doctor Who universe. And so um, I was like, oh, that seems interesting. Apparently it went for like one season in like 2016 or 2017, Mm -hmm. something like that. I actually read an article the other day that said they're going to try and make another canine spinoff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Canine is is kind of always in the works again. So Uh, so Torchwood, we mentioned before, was definitely not um, like family friendly. Um, It's got a lot more, um, lot more uh, blood, guts, gore, 
language innuendo. It's Fun just, time. Uh, yeah, it's just not um, not family friendly. So we decided not to do that. Sarah Jane Adventures was meant to be a kid show, and because um, Doctor Who wasn't a kid show, kid show enough. Correct. They had to make a kid show, kid show, kid show. Uh, yes, that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, I toyed around with doing all three because I hadn't seen Torchwood yet, and my my original plan was we would view them in order of airing. So, you know, like we would, you know, whatever day, you know, an episode of Torchwood played. And then if the next week it was an episode of Doctor Who, then we would do it in that order, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and then Torchwood, I realized right off the bat after watching one episode, not going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, not right for our podcast. And then I just kind of never tried Sarah Jane Adventures. And now where we are in the timeline, just, it's already like a couple of seasons in. So we would have to catch up. So mm, not going to happen. Nah. Like Corbin said, maybe Still one day, time. once we've done all of Dr. Who and all of classic who, then we'll go do Sarah Jane Adventures. We should have so, done Sarah Jane so, Adventures because you know, we were trying to get the David Tennant, Thing where it's coming out um, in theaters or whatever. Uh-huh. We should have done Sarah. Jane oh, we could have done a couple more episodes there, of that. So. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, he also asked, "Will you be including the Night of the Doctor and an Adventure in Space and Time?" Uh, Are those yes. Video games or? No. Uh, the Night of the Doctor is. I think that is a. Um, so there, the the 50th anniversary episode was called the Day of the Doctor, and that's mm-hmm. the one where 10 and 11 meet up. And the Night of the Doctor is a minisode. That actually is the eighth Doctor, so it's hmm. the only other time that the eighth Doctor has been portrayed on on film, other than the movie. And they brought back that that same actor, and so wow. it bridges the gap a little bit. And uh, so we will be covering that. An adventure in space and time we've talked about before. That was a documentary style movie. Um, it's not a documentary. It is a it is a more like a biopic um, about how Doctor Who got started. And then how you ended up with this idea of regeneration. It's a really good little movie. I think it was like an hour and a half, something like that. So we'll cover that as a full-on episode. Night of the Doctor will probably be a .5 minisode. So. Um, he also mentioned, I hear uh, you don't like Capaldi or was meh in your words. And I agree a bit. Um, I did email him back and I said, as you go along, you'll discover that I'm changing my mind slowly on that. He pointed out, he said, there's a great episode in Moment. Um, his speech in the second half of the Zygon two-parter. And that one is, that is, that is a fantastic speech that I can't wait to get to. I'll just say, yeah, that's awesome. So what yeah. were you going to say? Uh, nothing. Okay. Um, and then, oh, and he says, that's a good one. And then a great episode is season nine, episode 11, <laughs> Heaven Sent. And he, he emailed this. Like last couple week. of days before wow. we recorded that, right? Um, no, I think we had already recorded uh, when he emailed oh, wow. or maybe, maybe, I don't know. It was the same week of, of us recording it. So I emailed back and I just said, uh, yes, we had already recorded it. It was already in the feed. Um, but he wasn't there yet. He, he hadn't caught up to that point. I think we had released it the night before. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so I emailed him back and I just said, well, I can't wait to tell you, uh, to catch up to our latest episode. Uh, I think you'll have some fun with that. So, um, and then he said his favorite characters from Capaldi's era are Missy and Bill. I'll just leave that there and we'll address them when we get there. Um, so let's see. Yeah. And then I just had my responses there. So next week, guys, the game plan, uh, we are back to normal. All right. So we, we took a little bit of, uh, uh, time to sort of stall out. We had the move, knocked us out of our schedule. Uh, we had a little bit of a quantum 
anomaly occur Quantum in the feed. Anomaly, uh, that was, that was fun. Blame it on the uh, microwave. Blame it on the microwave. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and now we are headed back in full speed ahead into the David Tennant specials with Planet of the Dead. Now, just as a reminder, next week we'll cover Planet of the Dead. Then we will cover the waters of Mars. And then um, we will go on August 7th to the movie theater and catch the end of time parts one and two, along with a, uh, an interview with David Tennant. And there's gotta be something else because I was looking at it today and it's the runtime says two hours and 25 minutes. So the two episodes combined are probably an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe, maybe they're a little bit longer now that I'm thinking about it. But so that interview with David Tennant is either really long or they've got some other special stuff. I don't know. So, um, Go check out our show notes. We have a link to Fathom Events uh, where they're going to be uh, selling the tickets to this showing. So again, it's August 7th and it'll be 7 p.m. local time. So whichever time zone you're in, it'll be 7 o'clock your time. So go in there, punch in your zip code and you can find where they're selling tickets in your area so that you can go. You can watch it the same way, same day that we do. And then that next week, uh, that next Sunday night, we'll release that episode. So make sure you go buy your tickets there. Um, We've got a link Um, it's not an affiliate link or anything like that. It's just a link over there. So, um, until then guys, uh, make sure you, uh, get your tickets now, get them now so they don't get sold out. But then, uh, this week, watch the David Tennant special episode one planet of the dead. So you can be ready for next time. Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Tripp. Our production editor is this other guy. I am Corbin. Uh, special thanks, as always, to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and to Jared for the Classic Who connection. Uh, thank you to our Patreons. If you would like to join them, go to Patreon.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. You can check us out and see uh, posts that we do about random Doctor Who articles. Um, we have a poll up there this week. So you can go and vote on the poll. Um, that is at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. You can message us there, or you can email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us some reviews, throw some stars at us, and share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And And we're we're the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whoop. Hey guys, um, so uh, we're, Corbin's going to be dropping in the uh, the usual bloopers, um, but we had one that happened right in the middle of the episode. I was opening up the uh, the TARDIS.Wikia.com uh, to, to look up something. I don't even remember what I was looking up now. Something about the, the Second Doctor's regeneration or something. And it started auto-playing a trailer for apparently the end of the world. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Headphone warning. Uh, yeah, no, so... We did not die. Yeah, so <laughs> Corbin, Corbin is going to uh, edit it a little bit and ramp the volume down because it blew all three uh-huh. of us up. We were all wearing our headphones here in the studio and it blew all three of us up. You'll hear how quickly I stopped talking <laughs> as soon as that happened. So uh, so you'll hear our, our normal bloopers and then you'll hear me talking in the middle of the episode and then going... <laughs> Very quiet as all the other stuff goes very loud. So enjoy. But the only reason we have that is because they were. What oh. the crap was that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was that? Make a note. Make a timestamp. What was that? What? I was opening up the um. Oh my. The Tardis. Dot and something just started playing automatically.
Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. We're so sorry. <laughs> we, uh, we need to keep that for a blooper. 